Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates for all your insurance needs, the Phoenix Tube Company, the law firm of Declator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and General Needs Charity, serving our homeless veterans with dignity. And now, here are your hosts, Mark and AJ. Joining us now is a man who has done it all in the game of baseball. He's been a player, a coach, a manager. During his career, he was an infielder for the Los Angeles Dodgers and Detroit Tigers, appearing in over 600 games over eight seasons. He's a four-time World Series champion as a player and coach. He participated in three World Series as a player, two with the Dodgers and one with Detroit. He was the starting second baseman in the Dodgers' four-game sweep of the Yankees in 1963. Also started four games at second during the seven-game 1965 Classic. Also served as first base coach for the Tigers in the 1984 World Series. In 1985, he was one of the pitchers in the first ever All-Star Game Home Run Derby. It is a pleasure to welcome the man many Dodger fans back in the day called Dick Tracy, the man who <laughs> wore the old English D more than any other in Detroit, the one and only Dick Trajewski to WLIE 540M Sports Talk New York. Welcome, Dick. Wow, that sounded great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I have to tell you something that's even more exciting for me, all right? It's, it's a huge thrill for me to have you on this show tonight because even though I had baseball cards from 1966, 67, and 68, the first pack I ever actually went to the store myself and bought was in 1969, and the first card of the pack that I bought was the number 126 card of that set, which was no, none other than you. So it's a huge <laughs> thrill because I remember, I vividly remember the card, you in the fielding stance with the yellow tiger circle in the upper right-hand <laughs> corner. So this is a, a huge thrill for me. So uh, I just had to let you know that. Um, wow. <laughs> I'm happy about that, you yeah. know. Before we talk about the 1985 Home Run Derby, let's talk about your career. So you're a star at Archibald High School as well, uh, which in, as well as an extremely um, – competitive Sandlot League as well, and American Legion teams attracting the attention of Major League Scouts. However, if navigation systems had been around in cars back in the day, you may never have made it to the majors. So can you tell our audience a little bit about how Brooklyn Dodger Scout Phil Weinart happened to see you play? How did you know that? (laughs) Mark does his research. I do my research. And how you came about being a Dodger. Well, what happened is I was playing in, in the Sunday leagues around here in the Scranton Wilkesbury area, and uh, this this coach, uh, I mean this this uh, scout for the Los Angeles Dodgers, his name was Phil Weinert, lived in Philadelphia, and he was visiting some relatives up in Binghamton, and on his way back to Philadelphia, he took a wrong turn and he got lost in a little town named Jessup, Pennsylvania. And I was playing on a Sunday afternoon there, and he stopped to see the game. And what happened is, I guess he, he liked what he saw, and he asked me later, uh, he says, well, when are you playing again? I said, well, the following Sunday or, or Saturday or whatever it may be. And then he, 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 uh, uh, we got rained out or something to that effect, and, and he couldn't get up here. to. See. So then he finally called me, and he says, would you, do, uh, would you like to do this? Would you like to go to Brooklyn and work out with the Dodgers at at, at Ebbets Field and take your father? And I said, are you serious? He said, I'm serious. So my father and I got on a Greyhound bus. We we drove to Port Authority. We took a cab to the Bossert Hotel in, in, um, in, in, in Brooklyn. And I worked out with the Dodgers for three days. 
I sat in the in Ebbets Field in this special box right next to Scully and, and Red Barber, and I watched the Phillies and the Dodgers play. And then after that, uh, uh, we negotiated a little bit, and I ended up signing with the Dodgers. It was it was really a thrill. I love the way you just glossed over that. You worked out with the Dodgers. Let's put that in perspective. You're 17 years old at Ebbets Field, spending three days hitting and fielding with Jackie Robinson, Pee Wee Reese, Duke Snyder, and Gil Hodges. So as a 17-year-old doing that, I, I can't even imagine what's going through your mind. And out of those four, was there anyone in particular that while you were doing this came over and gave you some pointers or, or talked to you? Not really. What happened is I worked out a lot earlier than when the big club came out. I, I, I didn't dress with the big club. Um, uh, well, I, I didn't dress with the big club. I dressed in another uh, locker room at Ebbets Field. And I went out there, <clears throat> and other scouts were there. Arthur Didi was a, 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 a legendary scout for the Dodgers. And they hit me ground balls, and I ran in the outfield, and I, hit, I, I took batting practice and this and stuff. And then while they were hitting, I, I, I played defense, and I was catching you know, ground balls and this. But they were very nice to me, every guy, Jackie Robinson, Gil Hodges, and and uh, and it was uh, it was it was just a, a drop dead thrill. And then later on in my career, a lot of these guys were at the getting to the end of their career. And uh, uh, when I got close to the major leagues, and then I got to be uh, fairly close to Gil Hodges and 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 a few of the other guys. I mean, Gil Hodges, when he was managing uh, uh, the the, um, the Washington uh, uh, Senators, when uh, when I was with the Tigers. And I stayed at the Shoreham Hotel in Washington, and he would pick me up, and we'd go to Mass together on Sunday. And then he would drop me off. And so we got to be fairly good friends. You know, you mentioned that they signed you. So obviously they liked what they saw, the Dodgers, and you go and sign you as an amateur free agent in 1953. You begin a six-year career in the minors, playing at every level in the team's farm system. Played under Joe Hauser, Ray Berry, Boyd Bartlett, uh, John Angelone, Earl Naylor, uh, Clay Bryant, George Sherger, Ray Hathaway, and the very last minor league coach was Rube Walker. Was there any one of those managers who had a major impact in helping you get to the majors? And when I say that, is there some, you know, obviously the difference between making the majors, you know, from the minors, it's, it's so difficult. What was the best piece of advice you got from one of those coaches that helped you get to the majors? Let me tell you one story that will that, put it in perspective a little bit. My first year in the major leagues, I was just over 17, I think. And I was playing in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, and there was this legendary manager named Joe Hauser, who hit 69 home runs in AAA ball and probably 30 or something for the Philadelphia A's. And he was the manager. <clears throat> and here's how, how pleasant it was. When we go on the road, and this will give you an example of Joe Hauser. When we'd go on the road, we'd stay at a hotel, and we'd be on our way to, the, uh, to play a game, and we'd play in great towns like Fond du Lac and Appleton and Wausau and Green Bay. <laughs> but anyway, we'd be on our way to the ballpark, and you know what? He, he would get up in the bus, and he would lead singing, Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Now, I'm not exaggerating. We did this every, every day. And he 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 and that was my introduction to professional baseball. But the guy that 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 I really enjoyed playing for and I learned a lot from. Well, there was two guys. Uh, Preston Gomez, of course, is a brilliant guy, and and Rube Walker was a great great 
friend of mine and a great a great uh, manager. So, but there was all of the guys. You know, they all contributed to my career, and I'm very proud of the fact that uh, before I got to the major, I played it every. You know, because there was a lot of different classifications during those that times, and I played in every classification, and I'm proud of that. Yeah, it's a very interesting climb, and if you watch your stats, it, you know, baseball reference is beautiful because you can see the teammates, and it, it's just fascinating to, to go back and look at that. April 12, 1962, you begin your 42-year big league run as Walter Olson sends you into pinch run in the final game of the first-ever series at the new Dodger Stadium. What do you remember most about that day? And the first it, game at, at Dodger Stadium? Your first game. Your first game is your pinch runner in, in April of 62. I remember it was opening day at Dodger Stadium, and I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that. And I was there, and we were, uh, Johnny Padres was facing Bob Perky. And uh, uh, Perky was a knuckleball, breaking ball pitcher, very tough, and Johnny Padres was Johnny Padres. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Wally Post, great power hitter, Late in the game, hit a ball off Johnny Padres over the center field fence, and we got beat two to nothing. Cincinnati was a real good club at the time, and uh, uh, but there was a, uh, it, it was a memorable game. Dodger Stadium, first game ever. Amazing, the, the recall, the pitches, yeah, so, and everything. So, you know, what, what, what was your impression about the stadium itself? And this is a this is a ballpark that's really withstood the test of time. Yeah. So, so back when it opened, you know, there was a, I know there's some controversy about the fact that you know, they were charging for parking and other <laughs> things, but what was your memory of that ballpark? Did you think it would become such an iconic ballpark, you know, 50, 60 years later? Well, frankly, I was a Humpty Dumpty player. And what happened is here I am in the major leagues playing in, in, in a ball, and I couldn't believe that this was my ballpark. And I mean, you look around; everything was so it was so elegant, and everything was so uh, uh, you know up to date, and it was just it was magnificent. And, and you know, to, to say even to this day, last year I went to a, a reunion of, uh, of our I don't know one of our good clubs. We had a reunion in the Dodger Stadium, and, and I go back there and I look at the ballpark, and it's still to this day it's one of the great places in this country, and 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 I, and I you know. Uh, but uh, I mean, it, it was—it's it, mind-boggling, you know. Really, but now, nowadays, all of the ballparks are nice. One of the nice things that ever happened to me is in 1963, I played in the old Yankee Stadium in the World, the World Series. Series. <laughs> now, if you want to, you want to get a chill down your spine, go out there, walk on that field where Babe Ruth played, where all of these guys play, and. <laughs> and, and in '63, we 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 had we played the Yankees in the World Series, and when we went over them in our clubhouse meetings, <laughs> it was almost laughable. Now the guys that they had: Maris, Mantle, Barra, uh, uh, Elston Howard, uh, Tommy Tresh, uh, 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 Tony Kubik, Bob. You know, and we had to play these guys. But the only problem that they had. They had to hit Sandy Colfax, and that it's a problem. <laughs> and you mentioned that World Series. It's interesting. Um, it, you know, before even talking about that World Series, as a player throughout your career, you never played on a losing team. 
that that's very interesting. Your entire career, uh, your first full season, '63, you win your first championship, first ever postseason, Yankee Stadium uh, against the Yankees. You single off future Hall of Famer Whitey Ford. You scored to pre- uh, that would prove to be the winning run on a John Rosborough home run, two to one victory with Sandy Koufax on the hill. Uh, Dodgers sweep that World Series. But you also, you know, forget about the hit. You also make an incredible diving stop in Game Four of that series. So aside from Yankee Stadium, your first full season, you win a championship against the New York Yankees. What's going through your head? Well, it, it, it was well. I, I'll tell you a, a little, a little tidbit about my father. My, my father was, he, he was, he comes from the old country. He 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 comes from Poland, and he came over here, and and uh, of course he was. Uh, he was in my corner, <laughs> and he came to the ballpark, uh, uh, you know, and and, and uh, in, in New York, and 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 I don't remember him coming. Maybe he came to Philadelphia when we played the Phillies, but he came to the Yankee Stadium for the world, and the first time up against Whitey Ford. Now, you know, you you want to get chills up and down your spine. Stand on deck and look out there, and there's this this blonde head assassin out there, <laughs> and 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 and. and uh, uh, and 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 I hit, I, I hit a ball. A ball. He, threw, he was throwing me a lot of fastballs, and I hit a line drive to center field for a base hit. Now, after the game, I didn't know this, but my father says, "You know, now I could die," and that, <laughs> that made me feel good. Wow! You know, you also played in three of Sandy Koufax's four, three of his four no hitters. Uh, mm-hmm. You also played behind Don Drysdale, and because mm-hmm. of how great they were, I also think that Claude Osteen kind of gets short shrift because Claude Osteen was a pretty good pitcher as well. Obviously, oh. he wasn't in the class of Drysdale and Koufax, but because of how great they were, I think he gets lost in the history of baseball. What was it like to play defense behind that pitching staff? Well, what, what happened with, with, with these guys, the thing, the thing that everybody uh, didn't realize, they thought about us that when we played the Yankees, they, they thought about us, and I, I remember reading things about what a great defensive team we had. Actually, we, didn't, we had a good defensive team, but it wasn't as good as the Yankee defense. And, and, but what we did is we struck out one guy out of three. So it, it shortened the game by, three, uh, by at least three innings. Because Colfax struck out a lot of people, uh, Donnie uh, Drysdale struck out a lot of people, and so we didn't have to make as many plays as, as people that were hitting the ball. You know what? You know you follow what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And 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 I mean, uh, Colfax would strike out. You know, he was. I mean, I and I played it in some. Uh, the first game I played in, he 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 no hit it. He, he no hit it. Juan Marichal in, in Los Angeles. That was in '63. And I got three hits in that game. Now I, I didn't realize that until later on in life, and I, I read it someplace. But 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 watching him play, watching him pitch was just a, an amazing thing. It was it was really something. And once in a while, uh, when I reminisce, and 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 I don't reminisce much, but I'll turn on my computer and I watch the '63 first game of the '63, and I watch him uh, pitch against those guys. You know, they're 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 a scary ball club. <laughs> You know the the sixty three uh, the sixty three Yankees. Yeah. You know they could you know, but we caught them when they weren't hitting, and and we didn't walk anybody. Yeah, good so pitching, it, and they were in, in trouble. Good pitching always beats good hitting. The old axiom: I don't care how much baseball changes, that always stays the same. So after your second championship with the Dodgers, you traded to the Detroit Tigers, December fifteenth, nineteen sixty five. Which is amazing because, you know, for Met fans, that's 54, 54 years ago. 
And the man you're traded for is now the current pitching coach for the New York Mets, Phil Regan. Um, <laughs> He's ageless. <laughs> yeah, he, the ageless Phil Regan, exactly. You would then become one of the most beloved members of the Detroit Tigers, winning a championship as a player and a coach. Billy Martin was the man who made you a first base coach. What was uh, Billy like in comparison to your former managers, Walter Austin and Mayo Smith, when, when you got the call to be that first base coach? I, I love Billy. Bill, Billy, you know, Billy had a knack. One thing about Billy uh, Martin that people don't realize, he very, very seldom lost a game when he had a chance of winning it. When he had a chance to win the game, you know, I mean, I think his percentage of winning the game was very, very high. I mean, and, and, and Billy had a killer instinct, and I liked Billy very much. Now, he had, he had a, and one of the things that didn't surprise me about Billy is the way he died. I mean, he, he, I, I, I don't know, I, I feel bad about that because he was a, a very personable friend of mine. I worked uh, for, uh, with him. In fact, when he, he left, uh, he left uh, Detroit and went to Texas, he wanted me to go along with him. And, and somehow or other, I was a little bit afraid to do that. But anyway, <laughs> I stayed in Detroit. And, and, but, but Billy was a unique guy. And if you knew him, you'd agree with me. You know, you coached under Billy, then Ralph Houck, Sparky Anderson. You managed two games in 1979. One of the things you're most known for, though, is during that tenure as your work with Hall of Famer Alan Trammell. You worked closely with him early on in his career, watched him grow into one of the game's best uh, players. What was the most gratifying part of your coaching tenure with the Tigers and being able to help that young core, Whitaker and Trammell and, the, and, and Hojo and those guys when they were coming up? Well, one of the well, you you, you mentioned a, a wound, as far as I'm concerned, Hojo. I mean, when we traded Hojo, I was in I was in shock, because he he had more ability uh, ability than than Allen or Lou, wow. you know. I mean, and 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 when we traded him, and we got a good pitcher for him, you know, uh, Walter. But but the point is, he he was he so good. In fact, I just I just was at a reunion with with uh, with uh, uh, Hojo in Detroit. And I told him, I said, oh, you know, every time I see you, I said, you, we could have been so much better if we had you. And he went to the Mets and he tore it up. Yep. But anyway, Trammell was, was a picture of, of fundamentals. And Lou Whitaker was extremely talented physically. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't fundamentally as good as Allen. But he would make plays. He had more ability. He had a great throwing arm, and he had major power. The skinny little guy. I'll tell you a story about Lou. He he, he joined our club in 1979 in Boston. After the first game, he got three hits. After the first game, he came to the ballpark, and we stayed at the Sheraton, and we could walk to the ballpark. So somebody told him that. So he walked to the ballpark. You know, he couldn't get in the ballpark. <laughs> you know, the people that were at the gate, you know, they, the, the, the vendors and all of that, they wouldn't let him in. They thought he was a kid trying to, you know, get into the ballpark. That's how young he was. He was a skinny little guy, 140 pounds. But he had a really great ability, and, and I hope someday that he, he's, he's recognized to get into the Hall of Fame. I, I hope so. Trammell was just a picture of fundamentals, just a great player and a very a great, great defensive player and a real good hitter in the clutch. You, know, you mentioned something about Whitaker, and as someone who we have to respect because you've spent so much time in the game, 
You take a look at the way baseball is going now with analytics and, and you know putting values on every single aspect of a game. You mentioned that while Lou fundamentally might not have been picture perfect, but what he did on the field, you know, far exceeded that. Do you think that the game and, and the people that run the game have gone too far number crazy and analytics and spin rate and and you know launch angle and, and taken to me and we had this talk a little while ago because if everyone uses the same type of data and crunches the same type of numbers everyone at the end of the season should have the same record for me it's always been about even coaching at, at the travel level there's something in a player's eyes that you can't put a number on you just know if the crunch time comes, this is a player that you can depend on. And it, it's not over the course of how many at-bats this guy comes up in late innings, but it's something you sense. Do you think that baseball will ever go back to that gut feeling and, and maybe even revert back to letting pitchers go, you know, letting pitchers pitch through trouble so they know how to get out of trouble and not being so dependent on the 6th, 7th, and 8th, and ninth inning being a bullpen guy? I, I just asked you like 20 I, I, I questions. I don't know. <laughs> I, when it comes to analytics and all of that stuff, I have no idea what that means. All I know, all I know is one of the, the great guys that I, that I worked for, Ralph Hulk. Ralph Hulk was uh, uh, kind of an old-time guy, of course, but every place he went, he won games, and he won, you know, and he won, and he came, he came to Detroit, and I worked for him, and it, it, it was kind of ugly, frankly. And he... He, he, he conducted it like the major that he was, and he, he did it with grace, and with, with and, and 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 at the end of his and he left the, the ballpark. You know, one thing about Ralph Hawk, people don't realize he was never fired at any job that he ever took. You couldn't fire him. You couldn't fire him. He he, he, he that's how that's how great he was, and that's how uh, you know how smart he was when when it comes to d different aspects of baseball. He quit, he quit he quit in New York, he quit in Detroit, he quit in Boston. I mean he 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 went there and he said I had enough. He, he you know he 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 had enough in Detroit. He had enough in, in I mean he told me the story how he quit in New York. And now you probably know the story. Probably everybody does. But when when he came in, he was managing uh, the, the Yankees and they were scuffling. They were in a good ball club, and and and, and the owner came in and says that he was going to fire all the coaches. Except Elston Howard. Well, Hulk, you know, Hulk told me later on because I got to be fairly close to him. He said, "I, I, I can't fire my coaches." He says, "You know, he said Elston Howard, fine." He said, "But I had Dick Hauser, and I had, I, and I, I." He said, "These guys were outstanding baseball guys. You think I could fire them?" He said, "I'll tell you what they're going to do. I quit, and that's what he did. He left. You're not he, see he left, and he came to the anymore. Detroit club, of course." <laughs> That wasn't a great move for him, but <laughs> but the point is, he came and he built he built the, the foundation for a pretty good ball club. Lastly, we wanted to talk to you about the very first All Star Game home run derby. At that point, it actually was called a home run contest. You were a major part of that, so can you tell our audience what you remember about that July fifteenth, nineteen eighty five afternoon at the the Metrodome? Jim Rice, Eddie Murray, Carlton Fisk, Tom Brunanski, Cal Ripken of the American League. Squared off against Dave Parker, Dale Murphy, Steve Garvey, Ryan Sandberg, and Jack Clark of the National League. I don't remember much about uh, all the guys. I do remember uh, Eddie Murray and Cal Ripken came and that says, "Would you would you would throw batting practice to me?" Now, 
I was of the opinion, I was a coach in the major leagues already, and I was the, uh, of the opinion that I knew everything about baseball and that I had intellect much higher than everybody else, and da 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 da. And all of that was untrue. <laughs> but one thing I could do is I could throw batting practice. So I threw it to Eddie and, and Cal, and they hit balls over the horizon, and we won the 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 the, uh, the contest, whatever it may be. And 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 you know, this past year, it was a million dollars for the winner. Yeah. Now I, I'm not sure what Eddie got, but if he got a million dollars, he owes me a few dollars. <laughs> 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 but I, he did give me a few hundred dollars. But I mean, he got something, but it wasn't much. And and it was a lot of fun. And and, uh, and 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 I enjoyed it very much. And but I mean, both these guys were class guys. And, and when they asked me to do it, I was ha- very happy to do it. But one of the, the reason I got there because after we won in '84, I was in baseball a long time. And and after we won in '84, we beat the, the, the San Diego club. And I told Sparky, I said, "There's one thing I want you to do." He says, "What?" I want you to take me to the All-Star game next year because I've never been to an All-Star game. He says, you got it. So that's what I mean. I, I talked my way into that. That's so why I went to the All-Star game, and, and it, was, uh, it, was, it was fun. You know? Yeah, you know, we talk about – I think the home run derby for us now has been what people tune in to watch over and above the All-Star game. But a- as a coach, a- watching that amount of assembled talent in one particular game, what was it like walking around the locker room of all the stars of the day? <laughs> it, was, it was special. It was really special. I mean, when, I, when you, you, we went into the locker room and I, I went into, of course – and, and I look around, and, and, and the American League, I mean, we just, and the National League, National League beat us that, that day. But, I mean, it was, it was really, uh, you know. And, and one thing, one thing that, that, that I mean, I was, I was really a, a fan of, of, of uh, a lot of those guys. You know, I mean, and when you look in there and you see the, the players that they had, and uh, it was it was special, and I, I I enjoyed every minute of it. I stayed in the background, and I think I I I, uh, uh, I think Dick Hauser and uh, he he they, they we beat Dick Hauser the year before, so he was picked to, to be a so he was there, but but so, is he coached first base or something like that or third, and then and then I and then I took over for the last uh, eight innings or so, you know. But uh, but one of the things that I I. In my own, uh, my own opinion. I think that one guy does. He's in the Hall of Fame, but he doesn't get enough. I mean, he was. I mean, he's an all-time all-timer. It's Ricky Henderson. Oh, Ricky yeah. Henderson was oh, in dad, that club. My dad's favorite. Played, yeah. and and I, you know, everybody talks about the Stan Musials and the Ted Williams and the Joe. But I'd like to know if they, if they won more games than Ricky Henderson did. It would be an interesting uh, analogy to find somebody because he was a, a destroyer. Could do it all. He really was. Yep. Could do it all. I mean, steal ba- and, and that's a, an art that's no longer in the game anymore, the stolen base. It's, it, you know, it doesn't mean was, anything anymore. Which is he was the most hated player <laughs> in both leagues. Yep. Not because he, was, because he was a good kid, but he made you so uncomfortable. And he and 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 because he could do it all, he could hit, he could walk, hit and power. he could hit with power. Yep, absolutely. You know? 
Unbelievable. Dick. He really was unbelievable. And everybody, once in a while, they'll ask me, give me your, your, the, best, the best team. You I says, well, the first guy that I would ever pick on the, my all-time team would be Ricky Henderson. And I mean that sincerely. You couldn't get a better leadoff hitter yeah. than that, that's right. for sure. Uh, yeah. Dick, thanks so much for your time tonight. We literally could talk baseball all night with you. Uh, like I said, huge thrill. My first, the, the, the card that inspired a lifetime of collecting, that <laughs> 1969 card number 126, yours. Uh, I really appreciate it. Big thrill for me tonight, so thanks so much. You got, you got, you got very low standards, but <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> thanks so much. Dick Trzewski, four-time world champion.